0: I'm gonna break your heart
1: Everybody and welcome back to Movies for Life. I am one of your co-hosts, Michelle Egan,
2: and I'm Brian Kuiper.
1: And uh hey, here we are. We're at the end, the end of our discussion of our forever favorites. I
2: know, it's crazy. Crazy. Oh, that was Great. last week. That was sorry. I didn't mean to didn't mean to <laughs> bring up that one again. But uh, yeah, we're talking about yours this week, which is awesome. Yay. And uh, yeah, so what's the movie?
1: I'm dying to know. My number, you're dying to know because you have no idea Mm. that my number one forever favorite movie is 1987's Dirty Dancing.
2: Excellent. Excellent choice. And so I hadn't seen this movie in quite some time. Uh, Last Mm. time I saw it, I believe, was when I saw it in the theater on its 10th anniversary re-release. In Which was a long 1997. Long time ago. Yeah. And I got to admit. I was a little nervous to watch this one. <laughs> I was afraid we were going to have a Cuckoo's Nest, Thelma and Louise moment, and I wasn't going to like it as well as I remembered. Fortunately, that is not the case, and I actually liked it more than I ever have. So, Good. yay Dirty Dancing. woo,
1: Yay Dirty Dancing. Yeah,
2: I, I think I'm a bigger fan of this movie than I've ever been. And I used to watch this a am, lot as a kid. I saw this a lot as a kid, because... It was, as I've said before, my mom's favorite movie. It was my
1: mom's favorite movie. It was probably. everybody's mom's mom's favorite favorite movie.
2: And in fact, I even posted that on Twitter and someone who Mm -hmm. follows me for like workout stuff posted, uh, who never responds to any of the movie stuff I ever put on posted, that's my favorite movie. And she's definitely yeah. someone's mom. So there we go. <laughs> so you're right. It is everyone's mom's favorite movie of a certain generation, I think. And sure, uh, yeah. I think there's good reason for that. It's got, it hits a lot of the right buttons for a lot of people, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's pretty much how it became my favorite movie. How it became so much a part of you know, like you say, nightmares like a part of your DNA. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like Dirty Dancing is a part of my DNA. It feels like it's been there forever. I mean, it came out in eighty seven, so I was like two. So mm-hmm. hasn't been around forever in my life, but yeah, it was definitely my mom's favorite movie. We, I think we probably taped it, you know, because of her, and she watched it all the time. So of course, I watched it all the time with her, mm-hmm. to, over and over. Over again when I was young. When I was too young to understand a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember watching it and not having any idea what was wrong with Penny.
2: Right. Yes. Me too. <laughs> Me know? too.
1: Because they never exactly say it. And it's not until you get a little bit older and you watch it again, you go, oh. Right. Oh, oh. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think my mom so, eventually explained it to me. what going on? I was too on. afraid to ask. Yeah. I was
1: like, I don't get what's wrong with her. What's going on? <laughs> But I still loved it, you know, cuz music, dancing mm-hmm. and it's it's fun and sexy, sure, and it's a lot but funnier we were,
2: than I remembered too. It, it is. It has a lot of a lot of humor in it actually.
1: But like we were talking about last time with Almost Famous, this is one of those movies where you connect with different people at different points in your life or like after you've you know, been through some kind of similar things and you can understand, like, maybe a a different part of a relationship or Mm -hmm. just another scenario going on, this is definitely one of those movies for me. Oh, for sure. Because there was a part of it, watching it, or even thinking about it, you know, before I rewatched it, just thinking about one of the relationships that really gets to me, I was like, oh, okay, now this is a different level than this relationship has ever felt like to me, which we'll get into, obviously. So, um, yeah, so, I mean... It's a super popular movie, yes, and so I feel, it feels kind of dumb to be like, oh, it feels like I should have, like, a better movie as my favorite movie, but you know what, like we've said before on the show, like, who cares about that?
2: Yeah, your favorite movie is your favorite movie, whether everybody loves it or you're the only person that loves it, you know?
1: There's, like, a yeah. weird stigma about that, though, you know, like, they dancing, really? I you know. You know, like, that's your favorite movie, but... It's, yeah, it is. It's
2: like it, when guys say their favorite movie is Star Wars or something like that. Sure. You know, it's like, okay, I'm glad. Cool. You know? That's awesome. And, and for a long time, that was my favorite movie, to be honest.
1: So for a long time, I didn't even want to admit that Dirty Dancing was my favorite movie. But I do have a story about, I think, the moment that I realized that it was... <laughs> So the um, theater chain here, they do this thing called Flashback Cinema. Cool. Right. But it's it's like a thing where I'm sure other theater chains do something similar where like every week they'll show only on sundays and wednesdays at certain times of the day they'll just play like an older movie oh yeah cool and they'll do stuff like that goes along with the holidays like christmas like it's a wonderful life around christmas time Mm -hmm. i went to go see jaws over fourth of july weekend one year oh cool (laughs) yeah it was fun yeah and then so a couple of years ago i saw that for flashback cinema they were doing dirty dancing I was like, oh, like I've seen that movie a million times, sure, but I've never seen it on the big screen. So I'm going to go one Sunday afternoon and go watch Dirty Dancing. And I get there and it's like, it's me and a bunch of like old people, (laughs) like older people that was there. It was like only like. Eight of us, maybe, like in the whole theater. I had like a whole section row to myself, which ended up being <laughs> good for later on. And so I'm watching the movie. And you know how it's always a little bit different when you are seeing a movie that you've seen a bunch when you see it on the big screen for the first time. And it's the only thing you have to concentrate yes. on. It's different. It's And a big so, difference. yeah, yeah. So it's a difference. You notice like little things that you maybe don't pick up on as much because, you know, if you've seen it a bunch, you're distracted easy you're like, oh, I know this scene totally well. And I'm just like picking up on different things in the background and just obviously having so much fun. I'm like kind of dancing in my seat and singing along to all the songs and just like having a blast with the movie the whole time seeing it again. And then it gets to the the final dance sequence at the end, right? And Johnny walks in the door and I kind of like sit up in my seat a little bit like all excited like this is the best part this is my favorite part mm-hmm. and so he does his little speech and the music starts and they start dancing and then the music swells you know and they go into their their dance number and I started bawling oh yeah yeah I started just absolutely crying. It was like the most like unconscious, you know, like reaction I've ever had. I just, it wasn't like a, a sad thing. Obviously it was like, uh, it was like Holly Hunter and raising Arizona. It's like, I just love this. So
0: much. <laughs> right? Yeah. You
1: know, I was just absolutely, cause I was, I was smiling like so big. And then I just started, I was like crying and smiling at the same time. Cause I was just like, I love this movie and this is making me so happy right now. Cause that part always makes me so happy happy the whole movie always makes me so happy and this was just like an an outpouring of that and I was like okay yeah Dirty Dancing is my favorite movie now I think this kind of confirms that
2: yeah you know that's awesome that's awesome I had a (laughs) kind of moment like that finally with Nightmare on Elm Street too, as well well also not 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 2 but but also (laughs) and um, it was (laughs) while I was writing about it for the first time I was like you know what this movie's my favorite horror movie at least you know it's my favorite it's so deeply in me I'm just gonna call it my favorite movie because I think it is yeah so it's just that finally admitting that this popular entertainment just because everybody likes it yeah you know because I remember having this experience where someone asked me yeah all right Brian you see a lot of movies what's your favorite movie and at the time I said what was my favorite movie I said goodfellas and he looked at me and went, Really? Goodfellas? Out of all the movies that you've seen, Goodfellas is your favorite? Right. I was like, Yes, it's brilliant. Have you not <laughs> seen that movie? You know, I mean, it's so I don't understand why, because you're a cinephile and you see lots of movies, some mm-hmm. that are very obscure, like why your favorite movie has to be some obscure gem, you know?
1: Exactly. And it's not
2: that it can't be, it definitely can be. But I mean, like, even like Elric Kane has talked about, his favorite movie is not. Possession or some like movie that's Hard to see it's a place in the sun Which is a very well known movie A classic you know considered One of the great movies American Movies of all time you know so it Doesn't have to be some you know Little tiny obscure movie To be a favorite for goodness sake
1: That's what you kind of feel like though as you get Into like more film
2: twitter world And film
1: twitter world yeah. sure yeah <laughs> And as, as you watch more movies Like oh my favorite movie should be the, This obscure nineteen. 70s you know drama or whatever that no one else has seen but why why yeah exactly if it if a movie makes me feel that if a movie makes me cry Mm -hmm. just because I'm so happy watching it then yeah I'd say that's my favorite movie and I'm gonna admit it and own it and love it yeah I mean and forever I've
2: always talked about I've always thought through you know what is the difference between the best my favorite Mm -hmm. and the greatest because there are a difference so i always you know chalk it up to like shakespeare's tragedies you have hamlet macbeth and king lear hamlet's probably the greatest cuz it's the most consequential and has had the biggest impact on history king lear is probably his best and macbeth is my favorite You know, (laughs) so, I mean, it just depends, you know, there, there's a difference between those things. You know, I say whatever you feel those are, I mean, I think, I think greatest and best are a little bit more objective. Favorite is like, that's very personal. That's very subjective. So just love what you love. (laughs) You know, I love that, you know, like uh, our friend Jerry Smith, who, I don't know if we've even mentioned this, Jerry Smith. Wrote our amazing yeah. theme music that we've been using for the past several months here. Uh, so shout out to Jerry for providing that and writing that for us. We
1: did once, but we should do it more often. We should Thank mention you, it more
2: often because I think it has a nice vibe for for our opening and um, hope you all are enjoying that too. Anyway. But Jerry, you know, has talked about his favorite movie is Halloween, which makes sense being the horror guy he is. But then number two, or at least for a while, he would say was the movie that came out after Dirty Dancing with Mr. Swayze, Ghost. (laughs) Nice. I'm like, (laughs) right on, dude. You know, yes. I mean, it's like, it's, I love ghosts. Yeah. And, you know, so the, un- I love those unexpected ones that people have. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't, yeah. I wouldn't peg you as a fan of this. And it's like, well, good. Yeah. Exactly. You know, predictability is boring. It is. So I'm going to let you kind of steer this conversation and I'm going to follow along <laughs> because I, I, I had so much fun with this movie. It's it was. Yeah. I I started texting you. I don't I don't know if you were asleep or what. <laughs> and I just
1: I was at my parents' house. Uh, I, know, I got okay. back to my phone. And I was like, oh, Brian's watching Turn Dancing*. I kept I, texting I all
2: this. these random things to you during, while I, I was watching it, the while I was watching the movie and like song lyrics and stuff like that. It was so fun.
1: I loved seeing that. Though I loved that you were enjoying it because again i wasn't sure like what your uh rewatch reaction would be no. but i'm glad you seem to have the same kind of uh response that i did where you you liked it even more this time or at least you've realized that there's a lot more mm-hmm. to appreciate than just what's on the surface of this movie yeah. which i think is maybe what is kind of the the I don't know if it gets, it doesn't get a bad rap. Obviously, people love it, but I think uh, people might think that it's your favorite because of very surface level stuff. Yeah. Just because it's fun and the dancing and the romance and la, la, la. But there's a lot more going on in this movie if you really look hard at like what it's really the themes that it's dealing with, uh, the character relationships yeah. and maybe that's just kind of how I want to go about talking about it. Like kind of like we did almost famous and just go through like maybe characters yeah, and just kind of talk about what the characters represents and their relationships with each other cuz oh my gosh okay i have to say it like the father daughter relationships it always used to get to me but god it got to me so hard this time yeah and you know
2: mentions of you know penny's relationship with her father and um or lack thereof and also of course the one between baby and jake yeah. is really it's it's sort of beautifully crafted and it's it's not like it's a it's a big important aspect of the movie, but there's just not a lot of it. And so I really latch on to those I think scenes. I there's plenty. Well, no, I mean, I'm just saying it, there's, it seems like there's a few... It's a few scenes, you know, but it is a through line through the whole thing, you know? Yeah. They don't have a lot of conversations, I guess, in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but
1: there's a lot that you can infer about Oh yeah, their relationship yeah. that I absolutely love. Yeah. And this is kind of interesting, too, because us talking about it because... I'm I'm the daughter and you're like the father of a daughter so maybe we'll have different uh, ways of looking at that. Probably when we get to that part. <laughs> yeah. All right, so why don't we just start we'll talk about baby.
2: And I think it's interesting. She introduces herself as baby and the opening song is Be My Baby. <laughs> Probably <laughs> well, reading okay. too much into credit.
1: That. <laughs>
2: the opening well, the, the opening credit, credits credit song, song. Yeah. Is be my baby.
1: The one where she's talking is "Big Girls Don't Cry." Exactly,
2: which you know, I gotta say, when it comes to this soundtrack, this movie, and I think Back to the Future are probably the main reasons why I listened to so much so much music from the early '60s for so long and Uh the late '50s, uh, because I spent oldies were what I really liked for a long time. You know, we had an oldie station. I would listen to it. This is really the only station I would listen to. And I knew every song. So every time those songs still come on, I still know every word. So this was oh, yeah. long before I'd seen American Graffiti or anything like that. So ah uh, yeah so this was this was sort of formative in that and the soundtrack was one of the first i bought and i bought it for the old songs because i bought more dirty dancing which had the more yep, more of the that's better songs song. yeah it has more of the 60s music whereas the other one has the 80s music those i just latched on to those old songs those great old tunes so
1: and the soundtrack still rocks it's slaps it as fucks. the kids say okay we had this conversation, right? I still have to turn, I went, and ever any song, any any mic drop, I always turn it up and just and it's like singing and dancing along to it, especially like Hungry Eyes. Oh, yeah. Do you love me? Yeah. Fuck yeah. I am still all into that.
2: I played Hungry Eyes for my kids in the car, <laughs> and, and my wife <laughs> and I are that? singing along to the top of our voices, and they're just staring at us like we're insane. But you know, hey, that's all right.
1: Dad. Embarrassing
2: me, yeah. but that's my job. I mean, come on. Well, sure. It's a parent's job to embarrass their kids. That's just the way it works.
1: That's the fun part of being a that's, parent. Yeah, it, it is
2: the fun part of being a parent. <laughs>
1: that's right. I just thought it was interesting at the beginning of this movie. How um, how do you think the little voiceover, like the only time it, that it's ever used? Yeah. It, now, now when I watch it, I'm like, that's actually kind of weird.
2: It <laughs> is weird because
1: because she doesn't say anything mm. that you can't really infer from the rest of the movie you know
2: exactly i almost wonder if it was an insistence by the studio to set that up you know to have you need to have a voiceover because i mean and also the voiceover sounds like it's supposed to be her when she's older like reflecting back on this but she sounds exactly like she does in the movie (laughs) at you know what 17 or whatever she's supposed to 18 whatever age she's supposed to be you know so it's i don't know it's it's Fine. it never has really struck me as odd i just like oh they never did do that voiceover again did they
1: it only struck me as odd like this last time yeah. that i watched it and i was like oh wait a minute that doesn't really fit but i mean because all she says is like which was actually kind of interesting something else that we started talking about was that the when this movie takes place is in the summer of 1963
2: 62 63 Oh, yeah. sixty three. So you're right. So it can't take place at the, at the same time no. as A Perfect World and American Graffiti because they take place in 62. I'm so sad. Oh, wait a minute. No, you're right. A Perfect World is in 63. So <laughs> it's in the summer of 63, but American Graffiti can't be part of it. Can't be part of your little can't, trilogy. can't be part of yes, my little trilogy because it takes place. Last gasp of yeah, American it innocence. It takes place in 62. <laughs> Shoot.
1: No. I wasn't the year before, yeah. maybe not months before. Yeah. because uh, yeah. she says at the beginning, like, that was before President Kennedy was shot, so it's like yeah. the uh last bit of innocence, which also obviously it's kind of ties into her characters, like her I I don't really think coming of age is really no, a right way to describe no, this I, movie. I would agree. Um, even though people do. I mean it does I I don't even think it's really this is going into like my other other thoughts. I don't even really think it's entirely Baby's story. You can watch it, and it could totally be Johnny's story. Mm-hmm. But it's not really like a coming of age. That's more for yeah. younger a younger age. She's
2: already this pretty self aware. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is more like coming into adulthood.
2: Yeah, and there's a difference. There's a big difference. Yeah, because um, that's one thing I wrote about Baby was yeah she's not experienced, but she's not. Uh, She knows what's up like with Neil and with Robbie. She sees these guys and she knows them exactly for who they are. So she's not she's not a complete innocent. I mean, she she gets what's up. She just hasn't experienced as much as, you know, like Penny and Johnny have yet you know she's
1: not naive right. entirely but she just isn't naive and yeah and not having experienced certain things yet yeah. but she, yeah she does know what's up and so for the longest time obviously yeah i totally related to baby and i loved that she was the main character for one because she's a very different like main character than you get in a lot of romantic movies yes. or romantic comedies like she's not like i don't know the manic pixie dream girl or whatever yeah, she's, she's a not, little like, odd awkward. And quirky. Uh, She's a little awkward. She's super stubborn and opinionated. mm -hmm, Uh, but she's maybe, like I said, just a little bit naive, at least, you know, with her with her sexuality and with you know, uh-huh. hasn't quite hasn't fully grown up yet.
2: And Jennifer Grey's also not a typical, quote unquote, leading lady.
1: I know. I didn't really want to say that. Yeah, it, wrong.
2: I, I, it does sound but, wrong. But but she's and I don't mean that just because of the way she looks. I know she got a lot of criticism for for some stupid reason. Because And, you know, it led to her like getting a nose job and stupid stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is which is just like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, I hate that kind of stuff.
1: I know. I have the same thought. I, yeah, I didn't really want to say that either. But, but yeah, she she's is not like the typical like beautiful. Girl. She's gorgeous. She's
2: gorgeous, but she's more of an every. She's she's more of a. I hate this term too. Like girl next door, someone you could actually right. know. Yeah. Okay. So this is a this is a term that. Now, forgive me. This is Mike Judge used this as how to describe Jennifer Aniston in office space. And I think it applies. So forgive me for saying this, but domestically hot. (laughs) That's the term he used, Okay, which I get what what he's trying to say it's it's like it's not someone that you could never that you would never know or never meet you know this right. is someone okay. that you
1: have she's not unattainable yeah
2: yeah someone and so that's one of the things i i, I like about jennifer gray's casting is that she is just sort of and she's so warm uh, yes. and she's so smart and she's so and she exudes this intelligence but also this sort of nerdy Mm -hmm. awkwardness at first
1: yeah i could i could totally see myself as as her when i was watching Mm -hmm. this at at that age or even younger and she's very natural i love her like big poofy curly hair Uh you know even that just is very endearing to me and yeah she kind of reminded me of of me in a little bit and like the traits that i i learned from my dad you know again to be very stubborn and opinionated and she's very confident Mm -hmm. in a certain way she's very confident in what she believes and what she thinks and what she feels and she's not afraid to express any of that she's just maybe not confident with um with herself yet which is what the movie is about it's about her her learning that and yeah i love that about her and she has a huge heart the thing with um You know, we talk about uh, there's a big thing in this movie with with classism. So she's very much privileged. I think her positive outlook on the world that she's always kind of like, no, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. You can make things better. Stand up for yourself. That does come from a place of privilege in a way. But she's not it's not like in a a bad way. Right. Well, (laughs) I mean, her
2: intention is to join the Peace Corps. You know, my just like her dad says, you know, my baby's going to change the world.
1: Yes. You know, so she's a little naive to think that that's possible when she's she comes from, you know, a place of privilege like that's very different from like where Johnny and Penny and everybody else comes from. And she but uh, the, the difference between her and her father, her privilege doesn't she doesn't judge people. Right. Because of it. Uh, Her father does. Yeah. That's a big difference between the two of them. Yeah. At first.
2: Though, um, she has a little bit of that too, though. I mean, she does assume, I think, at first, that Penny is pregnant with is johnny's she does make that I thought assumption she only
1: assumed that because they were and had been together and she no, she notices their chemistry yeah that's like, what i, I that think they like I each think, other yeah but I, I don't think it's for anything bad that she assumes that
2: but he does call her out on assuming it just sure yeah so <laughs> you know and you know when her father confronts him on that he lets him assume it whereas with baby he doesn't Mm -hmm. So they set her up as you know the like at the dance class you know the line dance and she's going the wrong way and she's stepping on the wrong feet. She's dancing with the old woman and (laughs) and, (laughs) but then she sort of stumbles across the staff party that's going on and it's just this it's just like an almost famous i think we're from different worlds kind of thing yeah for some reason like i said i always imagined that i always remembered that as being like she had to walk downhill into this lower depth somewhere to get to this but it's actually like on the top of this (laughs) hill (laughs) and i was like ah, damn it that totally messes up what i was thinking because they walk into the she's carrying the watermelon right famous I'm, first I, of
1: all that's such the, the introduction of this scene which is like my favorite scene in the whole movie uh-huh. it's a great juxtaposition that it sets up at first yeah. them dancing in what they call the playhouse yeah. on the the main floor yeah. well they're they're dancing like you know very traditional dances of waltzes or whatever there's like bubbles <laughs> in the air for some reason yeah and so it's very very innocent very um subdued kind of atmosphere and then yeah she well he busts open the doors and it's just and like okay so it's lit it's such a perfect moment And the
2: thing is it's lit like they're in the fun part of hell okay you know because <laughs> it's 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 orange and it's smoky and they're you know during this they're doing dirty dancing right they're they're uh-huh. uh, bumping and grinding um which you know if that was really the way people danced in 1962 okay i <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure they were there yet but okay 63 are doing in the basements yeah. back home it used to do it in the basement back home when we were kids yeah and it's everything sweaty it just, it's just there's just such a different I vibe that is set up in there it's very sexually charged
1: oh fuck yeah <laughs> that's maybe another reason why I love this movie now is that it's very horny yeah. and I love it <laughs> That's, like, one of my favorite shots, though. Like, I probably, rewatching this movie, like, I probably rewatched that scene, for one, because I love the song. Yeah. And just, it's such a great moment, because it just, it holds on him as he, like, opens the door with his butt, yep. you know, which is a great movie. And he He's almost like drops dropping, the watermelons. <laughs> dropping the watermelons. Yeah. But just, like, again, like I was saying, like, the juxtaposition between what we've just seen and what we're seeing now is, like, it's is just a bunch of people, like, grinding um in the background. And her, her walking through them, like, this is the part where her, um, where you see a little bit of like the, the innocence that she still has is when he asks her, kind of jokingly, "It's like you want to try it?" And she's like, "No." Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just immediately shakes her head, and as she's like walking through all the dancers, she's very, she's very stiff, and like her mouth is very pursed. Like, <sighs> yeah, this is weird. I'm uncomfortable with this right now. <laughs>
2: Which you know I get. I mean, she's, she's she yeah. really has stumbled into a a brand new world that she's never Mm -hmm. even imagined existed
1: but she's already been very intrigued by these people because she had been watching johnny and penny dance before at the playhouse and so she was she was into that she was um like i said she doesn't she doesn't judge these people right away she's just uncomfortable in the in the situation but she sees that they're having fun and they're fun people and she's obviously attracted to johnny and um I love how um, he's still kind of, uh, it's, again, with the classism thing, it's like when she's in their world, you know, they treat her pretty much at first, just as if they have been treated by the people like mm-hmm. her yep. as, as they see her. Yep. They're very like, what is she doing here? Yep.
2: Absolutely. She doesn't belong here. Yeah. I mean, this he's... is
1: our world. I love the part
2: where they're dancing together where Johnny brings... Kind of, you know, motions her over and they dance to Mm -hmm. Love Man. At the end of that, she's like, she's like really into it. And then he, she doesn't even notice that he walks off and she just sort of does this dorky little move i've (laughs) always remembered that it was just like this little like she's She's laughing and she's just really dorky move that she does it's so funny every time i see that it makes me laugh
1: but i also like that little moment too because it's not about him making fun of her that she can't do it like he really is trying to teach her how to do it and he's like he's being he's bringing out the the dance instructor part of him Mm -hmm. and I, i like that i like that i like their um their budding relationship things don't really there's like one particular moment i think where they really realize that they like each other and it's like really far into them uh learning how to dance i think it's the part in the lake
2: right okay
1: because it's not right away it takes, no, it it takes, takes a time
2: while. i mean you know the which is good you know an- another thing okay so obviously the core of this is baby's relationship with johnny right and then mm-hmm. her father but the way she also interacts with like robbie and neil <laughs> neil it's almost funny because neil is it's hilarious neil is just you know he's a mansplainer and a dork and you know oh, just this arrogant <laughs> prick who's that completely was, clueless about everything
1: that was one of the things i noticed watching this movie on the big screen is that scene where um Right before they find Penny in the kitchen and Neil and her talking outside. And yeah, he's saying uh, you, you can see her facial expressions. She's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Get this guy away from me. Well, he says something <laughs> like. "No, why. I'd never really paid attention to that before. But you, in this yeah, world. really good. At, she judges yeah. people, but she judges the right people for the right reasons. Yeah. Well, I mean. He's, because they're shitty. One of the like th- Neil and Robbie. What, what Neil says
2: there is just like she's like, yeah, I know. You know, because he says, Mm -hmm. "Yes." And sometimes in this world, you see things that you don't want to see. And she's like, "She
1: basically rolls her eyes at him."
2: I mean, it's just, it's just like, uh, "Well, duh, you dork!" I mean, it's that's that's the way it comes across. (laughs) She actually seems more worldly uh, than he is. You know, she she knows more about the way things really are than he ever will. And then Robbie, of course you know she he gives her his copy of the fountainhead you know make sure you give it back i have notes in the margin and it's like oh, god it's just terrible this guy you know
1: i like how she pulls a little kind of karen line mm-hmm. in that scene but she does it for it, it's funny when she says oh, i'll have you fired right <laughs> and then she like pours the water in his crotch but she does that because uh like she's like oh my god you're a fucking asshole and uh, she does have a little bit more pri- privilege than him, and maybe she'll she'll use that to, like, take him down, because, yeah, he's being absolutely... He's a horrible person. Well, and, you and, know, he is
2: the waiter person, right? And he's telling her, a guest at this place, ha- to watch how she's pouring the water and stuff. It's like, yeah, what is up with this guy? It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. <sighs> anyway, he's just... And why is he carrying a copy of the Fountainhead around? I mean, that's just like
1: because he's on. a tool and apparently that's what tools read yeah it's like you know <laughs> okay so like we've i brought it up a bunch so let's let's talk about because it's a good setup for the characters is the the class difference yeah. going on in this movie so you can kind of see it um right away at first in the scene where max is talking to yes. the, the wait staff yes
2: that's that was this
1: baby is like spying on them mm-hmm.
2: that was the scene that i first really noticed it i mean it was like yeah. oh hello Because I hadn't thought about that before this viewing. And just that scene, I was like, oh, this is a classism thing, isn't it? (laughs) You know, that I hadn't really... (laughs) I mean, it seems obvious now, but obviously I hadn't seen it in a very long time. So I hadn't thought about it. But it's so clearly... I mean, it's almost all that the movie's about. (laughs)
1: pretty much (laughs) because max is talking to the wait staff max kellerman who's actually he's a cool guy you know you like him at first but in this scene you're like oh well you kind of suck too in a little a little bit of a way because you know he's talking about how you know he went to uh to harvard and yale to to hire these guys to to work at his his place and to uh, show the goddamn daughters a good time. Right. <laughs> Which is like...
2: Does he see Baby? Even the dogs. Does he see no. Baby? Because no. the one, when he... The, there's almost an implication that he l- kind of looks in her direction. There's a shot where it's... I swear he's looking in her direction. Mm.
1: I don't know. I didn't think, I never thought so. Yeah,
2: so I could be wrong, but it was just one of those things where I just wondered, does he see her while he's saying these things? I don't think so. Yeah. That would be even worse if he did. I know. I know. And then when the dance people come in, of course, Mm -hmm. after that, it's, you stay away from the daughters. You teach them to dance the merengue and the mambo and you... And that's it.
1: Which he says it like so angrily. He that does. makes me wonder like where exactly that's coming from. If that's coming from him just not wanting, you know, this this lower class people to, you know, be involved with his precious guests well, or if maybe something had gone on before. Some
2: sort of personal thing, you know, because he yeah. he talks about the quote unquote bungalow bunnies. Yes. And where's Max's wife?
1: <laughs> Does he have
2: one? I well, I don't know, and I kind of wonder if he's familiar with there's this. Prob- maybe there's some jealousy. Yeah, yeah. you know, if if oh. if he if he had an experience where one of the one of the dance instructors ran off with his wife or something. That's possible. I don't know. Ah. Ah. That's speculation I up the there, but uh, he's really pissed off about, yes. about the dance people. He's like, and, and I, I call them the dance people. Cause that's how Robbie refers to them later yeah. or Neil. One of them does Neil, Neil, Neil. Uh, they, uh, they're, they're almost the interchangeable to me. You know Neil and and yeah. Robbie in a way. I mean Neil isn't Robbie's worse. Neil isn't as bad in some ways as Robbie uh, because Robbie actually you know does a lot of really really bad stuff, whereas Neil is just sort of a tool.
1: Uh, <laughs> you can see Neil is on his way, yeah, to, um, to being like Robbie though. Yeah. And now when I think about the scene too, it's like he's hiring a bunch of like rich white college guys. To uh, apparently romance the daughters, even the dogs, which just sounds like a recipe for disaster to me, which we see in one little moment between Robbie and Lisa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where it looks like he's pretty much assaulted her. Mm hmm so yeah and then if you notice later after that later on how just another part of the classism thing how Max introduces people to his most esteemed guest which is you know the houseman's because it's his doctor and whatever mm-hmm. he's like he calls them their, their special guests the whole time how does he always introduce people he introduces them by their pedigree right you know this is my grandson right? my grandson Neil you know he this is where he goes to college this is Robbie this is where he goes to college Yeah, as if that matters as if that means something Because that means more than who they actually are.
2: Yeah. There's a premium put on where you go to college and what you do over who you are.
1: That's very much how Max sees it and that's how uh, baby's father Jake sees it too. Yeah. Because he definitely like I said he's got he has the privilege and he lets it have him judge people where he really shouldn't even though he's I think he's a good man ultimately. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really good man. He, like he will he, he helps Penny obviously because yes. yeah, he's a doctor yes. like he has no, no question about that mm-hmm. but he still judges all of them for this situation
2: it makes me wonder about jake's background a little bit i mean uh did mm-hmm. jake was he a privileged child too or did he work his way up into this and i think that matters because in uh, to some degree it, it make the, the reason why i think when you have to achieve something if you came from somewhere to get to somewhere you know mm-hmm. i think you uh I, this is something I've experienced. my my mom worked with a lot of wealthy people. She was like an accountant. There was one generation that they were the ones that actually had to work very hard to get where they were, and then there were the children that were born into it. Obviously, the ones who got to had to work very hard to get where they were were people she liked to interact with. They yeah. were people who um, were very careful about how they spent their money, and they were also extremely generous. They gave a lot of it away. The ones who were born into it, however, tended to just be... They would, they would spend it all, they would get themselves in financial trouble, they would you know, there was just a different kind of situation uh, that you see, so I don't know, I mean you sense something with Max to some extent, I mean even though he says some terrible things from time to time, and Jake are from sort of a, they feel like they're from a generation where is like they really had to do something, they really had to work hard, yeah. they were, because I mean they would have been raised in the depression, they would have been these people that had to sort of uh, have compassion for people, you know, and they seem to still, whereas this younger generation just seems to be very arrogant and in their spoiled uh, spoiled and
1: it's all about what you have. It's all about
2: what you have and who you, who your parents are and what school you go to. Hopefully I didn't speak out of turn. I I mean, I'm not trying to, to, I mean, I think I've made it clear there are assholes in every walk of life, whether they're rich people (laughs) or poor people or whatever. But you know, this is just a trend that you know that yeah. that I uh, saw. But
1: yeah, it's, it is very much about what you have and what you do and where you go. Oh, like, um, like I was saying with the scene again between uh, Baby and Neil, that little story again with her facial expressions is hilarious. A little in that. story <laughs> that he says mm-hmm. about like I, I'm known as the catch of the county. Like I took a girl away from Jamie, the lifeguard. <laughs> you know, <I> was like, <laughs> what does he have that I don't have? two hotels and she's just like oh god she laughs but she's just like trying to get out of the situation i think think it's just like god that line just like really makes you hate well
2: she knows these people obviously and she has their numbers the thing you know and that's one of the things i like about her whereas lisa i think is a little bit more ready to play that game she's more willing to be in that world than baby is. Mm-hmm. Lisa is an interesting character. Again, uh, she's only got a few moments in it, but the moments that she has, I think, are really. Uh, some of them are yes. funny. I mean, it's like, "Where's my beige iridescent lipstick?" You know, um, <laughs> I, 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 it's so funny. And you know, I should
1: have brought those coral shoes. she yeah. said I was taking too much. <laughs> yeah, but then
2: she also has these really kind of
1: sweetheart. You brought ten pairs. Right,
2: right. But then she also has these really kind of kind of vulnerable moments, like when she. Um, says she's going to go all the way with Robbie mm-hmm. and Baby is just like uh, she's try- She's not wanting to tell her no because she knows that won't help but at the same time she's trying to say maybe wait for the right not person him. you know I mean it's, it's it's very the way she handles it but there's also this lovely moment towards the end I thought where, where Lisa just says can I do your hair yes. you know I've, I've, something about just that moment was just like I got a little bit of a chill from it it was like, it was just so Cause she's sweet. Talk, and yeah, because
1: she's talking about like, oh, I could do your, I, you could be pretty if I do your hair yeah. like this, the way it's supposed to be. And she says, no, you're pretty in your way. Yeah. And I love that line. Yeah. She's like, just be you, be natural. Who you are yeah. is perfect. Don't try to be anybody that you're not, which is what Lisa's trying to do. Yeah. Their dynamic is really, really interesting. Oh, I like it. And, and there's. <laughs> the whole, the whole family dynamic family is, is dynamic really kind is of really good. what gets to me because it, it's almost kind of the same as what the dynamic was in my family to be oh, yeah? honest you know it's mom and dad and i was the younger sister you know with the one older sister and i was i was closest to my my dad mm-hmm. there was never any like jealousy do i think between my sister and i about like, competing for affection okay you know with either one of our parents yeah but that's what you see uh between a uh, baby and lisa oh, gosh, and, yeah. and the dad like she, lisa's so desperate for um attention or at least respect this doesn't feel like she has respect from her father just because baby is so much more like him Much you know that's how it goes like
2: yeah there's
1: kids are <laughs> your kids are going to be different they're not going to be just like you but you're going to be close to the ones probably that you're more alike and lisa's completely different from baby like sh- they present her as being like a little bit shallow yeah. you know i was seeing
2: I, I feel pretty she's or really not. yeah or, yeah. or I feel pretty. Um, but there's, there's a line that Lisa says that's just like really kind of a gut punch. It's like. Um,
1: when she's in her own bed?
2: Yeah. It says, what you care about is that you're not daddy's girl anymore. He listens yeah. when I talk now. You know, this is after. You hate that. Yeah. This is after Jake finds out that baby lied to him that it was illegal you know the money was in fact it was for something illegal at the time it's it's kind of it's a little bit it's a it's a little like mini gut punch in the middle of this movie in this small moment it is i don't know i mean because that relationship there the father-daughter relationship is such a powerful element and you know Jake is very fatherly kind of to everybody, you know, to Penny. Um Oh god, yeah. When, when
1: I love his moments with Penny. It's
2: it's and and Penny's comment about him uh, cuz okay, after the abortion has happened and it's botched and Jake comes in, you know, he just takes charge of the situation, everybody clear out of here, you know, and takes care of her and the whole sort of, you know, I don't even know you anymore, baby the immediate judgment of, of Johnny assuming that because who's responsible for this girl. And Johnny says, I am, he assumes that means
1: not I'm
2: the father and that's not the case. Uh, And we find out early on that it's Robbie's baby. That's what Penny says of Robbie the creep. But anyway, what is when baby goes and visits Penny and says, you just, she's Penny says, you just missed your father. He's such a wonderful man. You know, and yeah. it's so sincere, you know, he it's, is. it's, uh, and obviously I think this, the way he deals with Penny is fully compassionate and it's not just because yeah. he's a doctor. It's because he's a human, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's, I think it's a, it's a wonderful dynamic that, um, I mean, Jerry Orbach is it, yeah. the only person that I could see playing this role because he does have that, that sense of authority, but also that deep humanity and compassion, Um, that he's bringing to the role and it's it's so beautifully played even in the the relatively small amount of screen time he has
1: because you would kind of expect him like from the way he he acts to be judging penny as well for for her decision yeah especially in this time period but he doesn't doesn't, at all no and i love i do love that about him yes
2: but i also understand i do and it's much as heartbreaking as it is i mean when he. Sees that baby has lied to him. That's what hurts him. It's not what the money went for exactly or anything like that. I don't think it's that baby lied. It's like, I don't know who you are. I, I thought I knew you. we were so close, you know, and I've lost you. I think that's what he's feeling. He's grieving mm-hmm. her. And it's yeah. And I get that. You know, I mean, the, you know, yeah. when you see things where, you know, you know, your little girl experiences things proving that they're growing up. And it's just like, oh, man, what do I do? I don't know what to do, I think is where he's coming from. I've never been here before. So that scene that where she's just talking at him and he's just sitting there just silent yeah. is so <laughs> tough.
1: That's why I say that the thing that, gets to me the most in this movie now yes is the relationship between baby and her dad uh because i i felt all i felt all the different stages that they go through Mm -hmm. in their relationship because like i said i was very very close i up until a few years ago i would say i was really really close with my dad we were like we were besties Mm -hmm. when i was growing up and i felt the big change in that the last few years as I was growing up and, you know, having... Different experiences and things that I didn't feel like I could talk to him about anymore, and that was hard. Yeah, to feel that that distance growing, you know. And yes, I'm I am I've been a grown up for a long time now, but you know it's just it was just different with um, certain things that I've been through recently. Yeah, that scene where she's like, you know, there's there's a lot of things about me that you know aren't what you thought. You know, it's kind of the same same thing that I was feeling. It's like there's things that I can't tell him or the things that are are gonna be hard to tell him and. If when she's asking for the money too, and um, the line that really gets to me is when um, you know he asks what's, what it's for, mm-hmm. and she says I can't tell you. And like it's hard for me to say that to you, but I can't. And like I, I felt that too because it's yeah. it's hard to even be around my dad sometimes now. Like feeling like I have like secrets that I'm not telling him, yeah. which I do. And it, it yeah, it, it felt that that distance. It's it's the father realizing that his daughter is growing up, and it's the daughter kind of breaking apart from from the family and becoming her own person, becoming yeah. a full adult finally. And it's hard on both sides. Yeah. And when he's like, or and she says, you know, if you if you love me, that means you have to love all the things about me. Like ah. <laughs> yeah, it's. That's. <laughs> so intense <laughs> I mean, really, it, it really, really is, is like, and
2: and for me as my, i almost wish the movie was a little longer so that we could spend more time i i, I wouldn't want it longer cuz it's so like perfectly paced mm-hmm. I, anything more <laughs> would probably slow it down but i find myself wanting more of jennifer gray and jerry orbach on screen together i know you know
1: <laughs> that scene on the dock though is just so perfect when she's able to say what she needs to say and he doesn't but he doesn't say anything he just listens which is just good and it's he all, is it's so heartbreaking listening. watching it he is listening yes. yeah it's not that's what's it, important he's
2: not blocking her out
1: he is listening he's trying finally to he's understanding i
2: think, I think he's trying yeah. to trying to pretend that he's blocking her out but he can't he's he's not that good uh, at he can't do that
1: and him starting to cry like at the same time that she does Mm -hmm. like
2: fuck (laughs) well and then um i think when jerry orbach of course i mean or jake has his moment of realization with his encounter with robbie yes because he just assumes that what happened is johnny got penny pregnant and then Abandoned her for his daughter. That's what he's mad about. Yeah, you know,
1: or or got the doctor that fucked up the abortion when Johnny didn't do either. He one didn't of those do things. either of those things. <laughs> that was Billy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right.
2: That's right. And you got that little girl in trouble, and you ran off with mine. You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. what that's what his issue is with Johnny.
1: It's a very fatherly thing, he's but being... again, it's also a classism thing, like this bad kid sure. that he's. That he sees going after his daughter. Of course, he wants to protect her. It, it
2: does come from a pace, place of protection and love for his daughter, though. <laughs> you know, so yes. I, I, I guess
1: yeah, I'm saying. Yeah.
2: So there's a level of complication there. I mean,. I don't think I ever at any time don't understand where he's coming from, yeah. even, oh, I know. <laughs> even if it's not the right choice, because we know the whole story and he doesn't different. So when he's about to give the money to Robbie at the closing sequence there and Robbie outs himself and says, he says, you know, when I I want to thank you for dealing with the whole penny thing. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't say baby a you. word. I love it. I love it. He just uh-huh. takes the money out of his takes the envelope out of his hand <laughs> and puts it back in his pocket and walks away. It's just yep. perfect.
1: And like he says to Johnny right after that, like, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Like, he realizes what his prejudice against them has has caused him to to treat him this way yeah. treat everybody the, the wrong way he's misinterpreted everybody including his daughter yeah and I, but i love uh just throughout the movie like i said you could they don't have a lot of um real interaction but you can you can just infer a lot of things like i love that moment at the beginning like with the very first like shot of the movie when she just she's sitting behind him in the car and mm-hmm. she just Puts yeah, her reaches out arms and puts her arms around him. That's something I used to do with my dad yeah. all the time. Like when I was sitting next to him in in the car, I would always like I would grab his arm and like put my head on his shoulder. And that's I yeah. uh, just I love those little uh, those little moments with them. And you can just. It, again infer that they're kind of the same person or they're very they have the same ideals about the world they're interested in the same things about the world so they have that kind of connection and it's just it's really sweet (laughs) so that's why it's hard to watch the scenes later that's why you don't really can't really judge either one of them just because you're watching like not really like the the dissolution of their relationship but just it evolving and changing the way it has to when the, the child grows up Mm -hmm. but it's still hard to watch (laughs) but I absolutely love that moment um, after after they do the dance after he apologizes to Johnny that line that he says to her is like you you looked wonderful out there because while he's watching her dance he's smiling he's proud of her in that moment. But I think that line too really gets to me. Cause he's almost about to cry when he says that. And like that look on his face when he, when she hugs him, is kind of like, Ugh, this is the moment. Like that's what it kind of feels like. This is the moment where, you know, she's, she's grown up and I've, I've lost her in a way, but I have to, I have to accept that. You know? Yeah. Cause he means it when he says, you know what I mean? Like he, he means it when he says you look wonderful out there, but he's like, okay, now I got to let you go. Cause I can see, who you're, who you are now and who you want to be. Yeah. And let you, let you do let that. You let you be you, you. Yeah. Let you be you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like he's saying it's almost like he's saying goodbye to her in that moment. In, a, in way. a
2: way. Yeah, I think so. But I think that the whole family, even her mom has a moment of letting her be her because obviously there's the one we talked I think about. she gets with, this from me. Yeah. There's the one we talked about with Lisa with, you know, you look pretty the way you are because mm-hmm. uh, that's what she puts a premium on. Right is that beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then her dad, the moment with her dad, but even her mom She says, Jake, sit down. <laughs> you yes. know? Yep. Um,
1: yeah. The mom gets a little bit short shrift for most of the movie, yeah. but she's got those moments where she, she stands up.
2: I am fully believing that baby is the product of these two people. You know, <laughs> there's that compassion, from her father but that stubbornness from her mom and you can see these things infiltrated into this character and it's like it's wonderful that the screenwriters and the actors really made that happen. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes you're like, "How are these people related?" But I can, <laughs> you can definitely see that here.
1: Lisa kind of seems like the milkman's child, <laughs> a little bit. But you that's know, what we used to, that's what we used to call my sister. My, but
2: I, I was, I that was me and my family because really? I. <laughs> I was the only one with curly hair, and I was the only one who was musical, and I was the only one who was really artistic right. and all these things. So <laughs> I was always a little bit of the, do I belong in this family kid, you know? <laughs> right. um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I loved the that, watching that relationship even more this time mm-hmm. between Baby and Jake, even though it was a little bit harder. But yeah. it also kind of makes me uh, want to work a little bit harder on my relationship with my dad now, too. Yeah.
2: And likewise, you know, me with my daughter. So I I see all those things, both of these movies, uh, Almost Famous and this one have, this one obviously deals with it more directly, but I think there's a lot of father-daughter relationships in Almost Famous as well, where there's how these, the Band-Aids in particular, mm-hmm. didn't have that. You know, that's like when Sapphire says, that's more than I've ever said to my own parents. There's undercurrents of that in a lot of these kinds of movies. And here it's just so beautifully presented. You know, even though the core yeah. relationship, of course, is Johnny and baby, that father-daughter element is, I guess, the where a lot of the emotion comes from. Yes. You know. I
1: think that's where, the, that's where the most emotion comes from. Yeah.
2: I mean there's definitely there's obviously emotion in the in the Johnny Baby relationship, but I think what you have with Jake and Baby is just and Lisa even is mm-hmm. just this wonderful depiction and a very real feeling depiction of a family. You know, even yes. even if it doesn't get the bulk of the screen time, it is such a palpable element of the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what about Johnny? Should we talk about Johnny now? Okay, it's
2: my turn to say something.
1: Okay.
2: (laughs) Patrick Swayze is hot. There you go. Okay. (laughs) I I have, it's my turn to say hot uh, on this, you know, and. I was just like mesmerized by the way he moves in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, at this, you know, he's so, he's so young still in this. And, you know, you can just kind of see the way his muscles move under his skin and everything. It's just like, goodness, yeah. you know, and...
1: Watching him dance, like, yeah. you can totally see that he was a dancer, oh, obvi- obviously. obviously, yeah. I mean, there was, it, it's um, so it was
2: almost like seeing, you know, Gene Kelly or something like that. It, it, you mm-hmm. know, that level of, the, when you see someone or more later example like john travolta in in his prime you know like when he was doing Mm -hmm. a saturday night fever and you saw sort of this explosion of this dancer this person who could really dance who was an actor and Mm -hmm. that's such a rare thing because there's a naturalness to those movements that you just don't get in people who are picking up dancing for the movie (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, but jeez, the way he the way that he and penny move together i just it's so cool to see and it's it's, yeah. it's some of my favorite scenes are, are them actually together
1: they're both professional dancers they, they cynthia are. rhodes yeah. was a mm-hmm. professional dancer yeah
2: and it's clear that that she was It's too. so clear yeah and, and they're both really good actors too they are. You know, it's not sometimes you don't get that. And hey, apparently Swayze was a triple's threat cuz he has a song on the soundtrack too. Yes. He and is. he's <laughs> you know, and the song's fine. I mean, he's not he's not a the greatest singer in the world, but he's pretty good. You know, I yeah. like that song. I think that song has a strong emotional moment for me too when we get to that.
1: Mhm. Well, first of all, the, uh, the relationship between Johnny and Penny is really interesting. Yes, it is. I think I love their relationship mm-hmm. because Baby asks if they're together. They very much seem they like they're like a couple it, yeah. together because just of their, their chemistry, the chemistry that they have together when they're dancing. Mm-hmm. But apparently they haven't been together since they were kids, yeah. is what Billy says. Mm-hmm. So now it's like they're just like really, really close friends. It's almost a s- like
2: a sibling you know thing it's it's just like that level of intimacy i mean and i never yeah. had that level of intimacy with my sibling but some people do and it just mm-hmm. it, that's there's a sense it's of just that. an
1: intimacy of a close of a really really close relationship yeah. is what they have yeah. and it's beautiful um i absolutely love the scene when when they find penny crying <sighs> and his his reaction to that, you know, is just a holder and he looks like his facial expression and the way he says the lines too like I'm never going to let anything happen to you yeah. is like so comforting but it's also he's like so angry. Yeah. He's like that he wants to kill whoever is making her feel this way, which is probably Robbie. Well, it was Robbie? Probably. Yeah, yeah cuz she yeah. she <laughs> says
2: that it was Robbie, so.
1: Uh, they have such great little moments like that together and when they're dancing, they're they're so they're so in sync and just like so, the, the first they come in with the the dirty dancers, yeah. you know. like, like they're the big showstoppers
2: yeah they yeah
1: they're amazing together i
2: really also like the scene where baby brings penny the money Mm -hmm. because he's just like he's got a beer and he's they're dancing together and you know he's yeah it takes a real saint to ask daddy you know and he's trying to play her off as being a coward and all the things that he contradicts later in that other yes. scene,
1: that's another great moment mm-hmm. I love for Baby too. is so that scene? Yeah,
2: and he puts on a he puts on a front, and so does Penny. You know, and I mentioned this in a text that I sent you. It's like we both picked movies for our number one forever <laughs> favorite that has a vulnerable, mysterious female character that puts on a brave face named Penny.
1: Yep, <laughs> I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, I you didn't said either
2: <laughs> until I was like whoa, her name's Penny. (laughs) Um, I see, you know, some sort of shared DNA between those two characters too. I think there's a fragility there and a vulnerability. We see more of Penny Lane's front through most of Almost Mm. Famous, whereas here we get to see much more of Penny, the fragile, because we, 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 we see her very fragile, very vulnerable. We see her at her most vulnerable uh, for most of the movie, whereas she puts on the 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 face, you know, pretty briefly. Um, but yeah. it's. But she's got it.
1: Yeah. Before I forget, though, like that scene you're talking Uh about, I love as a moment for baby, like when she brings them the money and Johnny makes a joke about, you know, her baby filling in for Penny at their their dance that they have to do at the Sheldrake Hotel. Yeah, he says she can't do it. She cannot do it. I love the look on baby's face. Which just kind of shows her stubbornness. Uh-huh. She kind of gives a look like, oh, you're saying I can't do it? Fuck you. I'm going to do gonna it. I'm going
2: to do it. Exactly.
1: I love that yeah. look. And you know <laughs> what? My favorite.
2: That reminds me tremendously of my wife. Yeah. <laughs> if you tell her that she can't do something, she's going to do, do it. Yeah. She's yeah. going to pull it off. The more you tell me not to, the more I want to do it. <laughs> You know, she's that she's that <laughs> kind of person. So,
1: and just again, you know, I'm Penny too. I like her relationship with Baby
2: because
1: mm-hmm. it kind of evolves a little it bit does. too. Um, because they're all kind of like, like I said before against Baby being in their space because she doesn't belong. But I think they recognize right away that why don't
2: you go back to your crib, re- Baby playpen Your playpen sorry
1: <laughs> how right. dare i get the
2: get the <laughs> line wrong yeah
1: but when i think they recognize that you know she's obviously a, a good person who really mm-hmm. is trying to help she really cares she will uh, that's another thing i like about baby is like she doesn't second guess helping somebody when she sees something that Need. that she can do something about it and that's what johnny really admires about her yeah. and that's what they all i think can see in her and so they that she's she's accepted eventually, you know, by them. And that moment uh when Penny is uh baby is uh they're doing the alterations on her dress mm-hmm for the dance at the Sheldrake, like that scene. I love that scene because it's another it's another moment of vulnerability for Penny and her trying to explain something to Baby that she doesn't really believe in the first place, you know, but she thinks that's how other people see her because, you know, she's heard from... Baby has heard from Robbie, you know, he basically calls her a slut. Right. And mm-hmm. that scene where she's where baby is trying yeah. to so this is where penny you know, convince, penny says i don't sleep around yeah. yeah it's like i just want you to know that i don't sleep around you know whatever robbie might have told you it's like she knows that yeah. but you know you can you just that vulnerability of like this is how people see me that's not who i am and like that how much that hurts a person oh, yeah you know it's yeah. this it's same with penny and same with johnny the way that people perceive him is completely different mm-hmm. than the person that he actually is and it sucks
2: yeah and <laughs>
1: that's a great moment
2: yeah and that's what the whole classes and things you know another thing about that scene um where she gives brings the money is uh johnny says the line who says like so and so can't do it because They're doing this. So and so can't do it because they're doing this. Everybody works here, and it's the implication is you don't have to. You know, you doesn't he even tell her go back up to the clubhouse and learn the merengue or something like that?
1: Well, no, because she says she doesn't know how to do it. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's also in that scene too. um, After the oh god, what's that? The love is strange scene, and uh, Neil comes in, and you know they have the argument about the pachanga. Johnny, what the pachanga? The little wimp. Like him. <laughs> you would know a new name. Like to they hit him in the pachanga. I like to hit him in the pachanga. Yeah. <laughs> and baby is doing her, you know, the the world, is seeing the world through rose colored glasses. Yeah thing it was like just stand up for yourself tell these people to do and he's like I can't do that I am not in the same position as you are to do something like that Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that she doesn't get right that she needs to to get because he says you know I know these people they're rich and they're mean Mm -hmm. which is like pretty much all you got to say about them. he's like I can't just stand up to these people because I'm gonna lose my job and I need my job and that's something that you know you think that baby probably doesn't have to worry about that she needs to to learn you know isn't that Like I say, her heart is always in the right place when she says that kind of stuff to people. But it's still Mm -hmm. she's it's kind of don't say that kind of stuff if you don't understand. Yeah. Uh Yeah, it's a little insulting if you don't understand. You don't know where these people are actually coming from and what they have to deal with.
2: But Johnny's trying to explain it to her, too. So yeah. last week I'm on bees to survive or whatever he says. So this week I got women yep. shoving diamonds in my pocket. I, I can't go back to that. So I need to play by their rules so I can keep my job, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. That's another part of the, the that line. And that part of his character is another kind of part of the classism, I think, with Vivian Pressman. Oh,
2: gosh, yeah. The the, God, the, the bungalow bunny.
1: Yeah. yeah. When Max is talking about her, I, I guess you're supposed to feel like kind of sorry for her, you know, that her husband husband is away all the time and so i like, never she's alone. i never felt
2: like i was supposed to feel sorry <laughs> for her
1: that's what max is saying uh, well i mean that's how he's saying it okay like oh he's he's away a lot you know it's hardship uh no she is a rich older white woman who is you know taking advantage of the guy from the other side of the tracks yep. you know and using him for sex and basically just kind of treating him like a like a kept man yeah you know and that's how he feels and he fucking hates that and that's what baby's gotta understand that one scene where they kind of argue about that and she's like well so you're just using them he's like no they were using me yeah they're like i'm just a little plaything. they just want me basically like i said for sex Mm -hmm. and not for who i actually am as a person yeah and that's where i think that's where he gets really vulnerable and that's a that's a good moment for him too
2: it is it is you know um I got to say, I, I like the dance montages. There, it's just, there's really <laughs> yeah. only one. It's kind of in the middle of the movie, but it's over yeah. the course of two songs, two full yes. songs. The first one is Wipeout, which is, you know, which is her just screwing everything up, right? Don't put your heel down. Don't put your heel down. Yeah, and don't, don't put your heel down. Yeah, lock your frame. And this is my dance space. This is your dance space. Spaghetti arms. Spaghetti arms. Yeah. But then it shifts, of course, to the 80s and Eric Carmen and Hungry Eyes.
1: This is a movie that I kind of love because it wants to be set in the 60s, but it's so 80s yeah. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. it Can't help itself. Yeah, the, the costumes on some of the background dancers. Uh-huh. It's like you realize you're supposed to be in the 60s, right? right. Not the 80s. I know. That's kind of part of the movie's charm to me. That's why I love yeah, it. Yeah,
2: it's true. It's true. But. What's fun, what's interesting about the, about, I mean, it's almost like a sports montage. It's almost like a Rocky movie, yes. you know, which I know you love the Rocky movies. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but it has that sort of feel to it. But the Hungry Eyes one is interesting too, because obviously there's the sense that there is this connection forming and it's using the song to convey that because your images are still... Her screwing up all the dance moves and laughing yeah. every time you know he brushes his hand past her armpit and you know <laughs> which I almost kind of like was that just like was that something that was they didn't plan to put in the movie and they just thought eh, that was real let's, yes. let's add that because it's like this we kept on screwing up this take so let's just let's just use some of that stuff that's what it feels like that's
1: exactly what it was yes
2: that's one of my favorite things in the movie
1: especially that one shot like after she's already left and she's just got a huge smile on face she's like I'm gonna laugh I'm gonna laugh again yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so cute yeah. And then he doesn't, he doesn't crack at all. He's just He's like, like <sighs> looking so frustrated with yeah, her.
2: Like you, another take, <laughs> another take, moment. another take. That's what it feels like, you know. But as someone who's extraordinarily ticklish, I can definitely I know, relate did. to that. But I, I think that, you know, it, it gives a lot of montages, you know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but it gives a hell of a lot of information, mm-hmm. everything you need to know in a really short amount of time.
1: He's very serious about the dancing. He is. And so, he I wants, think, to right. I think
2: she wants to get it right right too oh yeah but she's awkward still and figuring it out and you know she obviously moves differently she doesn't move like a dancer she moves like someone who's learning to dance
1: but she she gets it you can see Mm -hmm. these little moments where she starts to get it um you know he's always telling her you know to to look in his eyes Mm -hmm. which i think kind of adds to their their relationship there's one moment where she's in the um the weirdest little like dance outfit i've ever seen where it's like that little white crop top and like a pair of underwear. Yeah, which is very I don't 80s. understand that outfit. That's a
2: very 80s look, <laughs> yeah. That's the one where she gets her armpit tickled. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very eighties outfit. That looks like looks like it's right out of flash dance. I know.
1: <laughs> There's just like a little moment they have where she just does like one turn and he smiles, like, Okay, yeah, you're getting it. Yeah. You're getting it. You're getting a little loose and you can just yeah, you can feel the little budding relationship growing. What I love too about the movie in terms of the dancing, which is just awesome, and Jennifer Gray's performance is the way that she can do the same dance twice and have it be totally different Mm -hmm. it's so good the time that they perform it for real yeah she's so stiff
2: Uh uh-huh she's so
1: stiff and awkward and like she's very she gets the moves right she's very but it's very technical kind of precise but it's very technical it's very stiff she's she's got you know face full of makeup Mm -hmm. and her hair's a little tighter or whatever and so it's because that she gets the moves right but she's still she's still like not feeling it she's not as confident right. she can't do the lift mm-hmm. and then when it gets to the, the final dance sequence and she performs it totally differently and yes. i think it's really impressive the way that she does that yeah
2: it's very natural fluid and and yes yeah
1: she's got it she's finally loosened up and you know her her hair is is natural Mm -hmm. the way she is and it and i love how you can see plus they have like such cute little moments during the final dance sequence that just get me every time like when he kisses her on the nose right before he spins her out and (laughs) the way he kind of smile that he gives while he's doing the little grinding move i love Mm -hmm. i love their little connective moments in that But you can also see him watching her do that final dance sequence, how proud he is of her just for the dancing, you know, because she's finally got it in that last scene.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it really is a, a wonderful sort of evolution of their... You know, it's showing, I think, that their comfort level. Because, okay, when when they do the dance at the hotel, mm-hmm. she's changing in the car in the back and that... He's
1: picking little glances. He's taking
2: the little <laughs> glances. Because I don't think he's ever really noticed her like that before exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, she perhaps was making those connections. Because, I mean, she's younger. She's a little bit more naive. She's sort of... Falling into his under his spell. I mean, g- good God! I mean, it's Patrick Swayze in his prime. You I know.
1: know. Well, like I said, they have that little moment in the lake, I yeah, think, where they yeah. they both feel something when they're uh, when they're holding on to each other, obviously, because they're in the water mm. and trying not to drown. And they just have a little moment, where they both they were laughing, and then they both stop because they're both like, "Oh, this is a moment." Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you know, I also like the "Hey, baby" on the fallen tree. You know, where they're doing the balance on yes. the, on the tree. I like that. Part two. But I mean, it's this whole thing is this let's just get out of here, you know, in the rain. And he, and he, before that, and he, and he knocks the, you lock the keys in his car, so he breaks the back window. <laughs> All these, I
1: love that song too. This overload. It's overload. <laughs>
2: anyway, but that car ride back, you know, that's where I think he, it goes beyond just a momentary thing for him, and he's starting to go like, you know, yeah, I, I, I really there's like really something girl. about her. And
1: then, and again, they don't have to say anything either. Like when he opens the uh, the door for her, right. and they just hold hands, yeah, and look at each other, and it's like they've sort of unconsciously, you know, decided, unspoken between them, that right. hey, yeah, we're together now.
2: Yeah, but then you know, after after the, uh, I guess, break with her father, the big. Issue with, you know, where he d- realizes that she lied to him and then she goes to Johnny's room. That scene, I think, is kind of the pivotal scene of the relationship. Well, I mean, obviously it is. <laughs> I mean, it's not kind of. It, it is more than one reason. Yeah, uh, but I mean, <laughs> even before the sex scene is just that whole conversation where he finally admits to her, he drops all the pretensions and everything that he was carrying, and saying, "You're the brave." It was really brave to go to him, you know, because before yeah. he had basically said, "You're a coward for going to your father," you know. He said, "Yeah, yeah, it
1: takes a real saint to ask that." Yeah.
2: Whereas yeah. here, it's like that took a lot of guts. I never could have done that. You're the bravest person I know. And she goes, what? I'm afraid of everything. You know, I'm afraid of walking out that door and never feeling in my whole life the way that I feel when I'm with you. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) I love that. But I love that line, you know, and it's true because I mean, we, we, when you have that kind of connection with someone, it's just like, I, I like this, whatever feeling this is. I need it in my life. I need it to continue. And it cannot end when I walk out the door today.
1: This scene, too, is also why I can kind of see this almost more of Johnny's story yeah. sometimes when I watch the he movie. He has a bigger because arc. It's he has a way bigger arc than Baby does. Mm-hmm. Baby just kind of like grows up and realizes, hey, I'm an a, adult sexual person with my own ideas that are different from my father. And, but they hey, are the gonna do they are
2: extensions of the ideas she already had, though.
1: Yeah, you know? exactly.
2: Um, uh,
1: Johnny like yeah. completely changes. He that's what I love about his connection with her and his love for her is about who she is as a person that he uh, admires and is inspired by. And uh, just her like he's saying in this scene like the way that she doesn't seem to be afraid of anything the way that he is he feels very afraid to to be himself and to stand up for himself the way that she can so easily she does it so easily again yes it's coming from a place of privilege that she can do that she can do things maybe that he would get in trouble for which he does get in trouble for yeah later on he gets fired yeah that whole thing. But like <laughs> it's but the, I mean this is Johnny's movie. The his, the the big speech at the end right before they dance. He gives a big speech about how he's changed, what he's learned yeah. from baby. That there are people willing to stand up for other people no matter what it costs them and that he wants to be more like that and that he wants to have her positive and hopeful outlook on the world may seem a little naive but he still wants that yeah you know that's a good feeling to have and ultimately he didn't he never had it before you
2: know and ultimately that's the perspective that the whole movie has Mm -hmm. you know by the end you know you have all everybody dancing together you know, hey, I don't <laughs> you know, care if you're, all the together. classes are yeah. mingling. It's like, this is the world we can have where we're all just, you know, partying together, man. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like, uh, that's that's how I felt at the end of this. And it was just like a big old smile plastered across my face. You know, even though maybe it is a little bit naive and maybe it is a l- little bit <laughs> cheesy, but it's like, I don't care. I yeah. want that. Want that's a that. nice feeling. It's nice. Yeah. It's a nice thought to think that, you know, no matter who you are or where you come from, you can be at the party and you can dance with whoever you want.
1: I yeah, mean, that's exactly.
2: pretty cool idea. Come on. You have, uh, it, it, weirdly, you have Baby coming out of her naivete, and but Johnny coming into it a little bit. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we're, we're meeting in the middle a little bit here. Not just naive, not just cynical, but something else. I like that.
1: Understanding, maybe not having such a negative outlook and realizing you know that there are good people in the world if you let them in yeah and let them get to know you and don't judge them yeah right away on either side mm-hmm. i also love too that he's the one who uh who sings the lyrics along to the song to her you know i owe it he's all had to the you. time of his life yeah. and he owes it all to baby yeah yeah, but the sexy. Can we talk about yeah, okay, that? Okay, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want
2: to. I, w- I was gonna go somewhere else, but let's let's talk about let's talk about that.
1: I don't know. It's hot.
2: <laughs> it is hot. You don't see a freaking thing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like their faces mostly.
1: I love the way the, the the song choice. First of all, super sexy.
2: Which song is it again?
1: I don't know what it's called.
2: I can't remember, but it is like a '60s song. Oh, it's "Don't You Feel yeah. Like Crying?"
1: Is that what it's called? Yeah, though? it's like "Don't You Feel okay. Like a Cry?"
2: Nice and soulful,
1: soulful, yeah. and the way that they kind of uh, they they're dancing, and the, you know, people say dancing is pretty much like fucking on the dance floor. And that's kind <laughs> it reminds of reminds me
2: of a joke. Why don't fundamentalists um, have sex standing up? Because it might lead to dancing. <laughs> anyway, um, that's that's my that's but my little way, background. Like... Okay, sorry. <laughs>
1: The way they just kind of—if um if you watch the—and I know the the stories about how Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze were not like the best of friends at first. Making this movie, they had like a bad experience making Red Dawn together. Apparently, oh um, okay, before this, so they like they weren't so into each other, but they had amazing chemistry mm-hmm. when they auditioned together. If you watch their audition tape, um, which you can see like in the you know features and anywhere else like they're kind of doing that move where they're just like holding each other and they're both just like swaying together mm-hmm. like they kind of do in this yeah, scene. Yeah. and they have just the way that they uh their moves are so effortless and the way that they can kind of like melt into each mm-hmm. other and incorporate the the dancing into the the start of them having sex based. like i think that the shot of him like taking off her shirt is like oh so yeah god. yeah god and then
2: <laughs> you know and and again you know just the way both of them just sort of just just the way their bodies move and the way the yeah. muscles sort of ripple underneath their skin it's just like the <laughs> camera just loves that on both of yeah. them and it's yeah and uh, Jennifer Grey's got some abs, man. She's she's yes. like the like the the tickling the armpit scene, you know. Just like you can see her abs. It's like holy shit, that's that's <laughs> tough.
1: <laughs> they both have like cute little butts too. Yeah
2: yeah anyway there's
1: like two like parts in this movie where like the music really matches up to the action that i love it's kind of it almost kind of ruins this moment because it's kind of funny the scene where like in this song he goes whoa yeah and that's a that's the moment where she rubs his butt yeah and it's almost kind of funny and then um in the final dance sequence the kind of moment that i love after he jumps off of the stage mm-hmm. And the the part of the song is, you know, "Hey baby," and he's he they, yeah. that he that light comes her, on yeah. as no as he's as he turns around to face her, so just hey, like perfect. I like the the perfect. Yeah synchronization of uh, the action and the the songs
2: (laughs) good it's good
1: well and then then the other yeah that scene still is so sexy to me the
2: other one that's just really sexy is the uh, the love is strange scene you know and that's really short I I, I remember that being a lot longer you know she's just like crawling to him and he's playing air guitar and I mean
1: it's such a playful it's such a good moment in their relationship where they can just be playful Mm -hmm. and have fun with each other ugh That's also so one of the cute. greatest
2: guitar songs ever. Is it? I mean, just just the I mean, thinking about when that came out. I mean, that's that's pre so much of what we consider to be guitar rock, but it just has these great riffs and everything in it is so good so anyway
1: did we talk enough about the music is there well like you're the I, music I wanna, or whatever No, I think, I
2: think we've talked a lot about the music I think I think the way the music interacts with the movie is really good I mean the the one I, I'm you know there's the always the instrumental coming back the only real score in this movie is like this little instrumental section of uh, I've had the time of my life it's like eh, it's okay <laughs> It's 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 the one thing where it's like I wish they had just scored it entirely with um, existing music. I think it would have. I, mean, I mean, obvious or you know the songs that were written for the movie. You know what I mean? So like uh, I don't know if "Hungry Eyes" was, but I think it might have been. Um, um, She's like the wind and 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 uh, and overload and uh, uh, I've had the time of my life. Were all you know modern songs, right? Um, yes, but. And those are, those were, those are good. I mean, I have, I've had the time of my life was written for the movie. So I would have been fine with that song being in the movie, but I'm, and I am great with that song, being. but I don't think you need necessarily score, you know? Um, and I the, really the only score is that song played in an instrumental form. And I just don't think it's all that necessary.
1: I actually do like the, the music that plays when um, you first see Johnny and Penny dancing.
2: Yeah, that's um, you... yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's a mambo, I think. I can't remember the name of it. It's it's like in Toro en poco or something like that. I don't even it's a Spanish <laughs> song. So forgive me if you're a Spanish speaker. And I totally butchered that, which I likely did. Um, but yeah, I, I like that piece, too. I, I I almost wish there was more, you know, sort of 50s era jazz in the movie, too, really? because I, I think it would give a sense of of the older people, you know, Tito. Yeah. Of Tito and, and, Tita, and but but I mean, also girl. even the parents, because I mean, most of the people that are coming to this are not, are the parents, they're not going to be listening to Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, mm-hmm. you know, unless, you know, baby's dad, baby's parents are really hip and they're, and they're listening to the current radio station in the car, you know, but you get the sense that, you know, the parents would probably be listening to something else. Whereas yeah. the kids would be listening because you know, it's hard for us to get in this mindset where okay the music that Johnny's playing on the records Love Is Strange and you know don't you feel like crying and all these songs that was really edgy hip current stuff you know whereas now I mean, we're we're listening to it going that stuff is That's so same. old school you know um, <laughs> but yeah you know that was that was the stuff I mean rock and roll was subversive
1: I do love that they chose. I've had a time of my life as that final song even though it does not fit at all with the time period it's such the perfect song well i mean and they, for that moment for their relationship yeah. and i love the singers uh bill medley, bill medley and, and jennifer and warrens jennifer, they have yeah. they have amazing voices together yeah. it's such a perfect representation of their relationship well, and just a culmination of the whole movie yeah. like that's what makes me that's that was part of what made me cry is like cause i love this song yeah. and i love this scene and i love that everything is so happy here at the end well and, kellerman <laughs> even makes
2: kind of a uh, joke about he kind of makes a joke about it being in the movie. You know, it's a little bit of a meta joke where he says, "You have sheep music, <laughs> music for this? You have sheep music of this? Yeah." It's just like, well, of course not, because the movie, the song wouldn't exist in 1963. You know. <laughs>
1: well, also, and he's he's seeing like a new era that yeah. you know Kellerman's could go into. He's like, oh, okay, this is what people want to do. Yeah. <laughs> now. Another thing that we talked about, you know, with the, the time of uh, the nation that it was, mm-hmm. That little, I like that little moment that he has with, with Tito right before the, the dance. Yeah. When uh, Max is talking about how, you know, like, oh, the things I'm doing are so old-fashioned, like, this is not what, what people are into now. Like, it feels like this... one want
2: trips to Europe.
1: Yeah, it feels like this whole uh, thing that we've been used to for so long is slipping away, which... You know, in the reality of when this movie takes place, it was or it was about to pretty quickly.
2: Well, I mean, you think about the Kennedy assassination, the Beatles into the civil rights movement, into the hippie era, all of that happening in the hair's breadth after this movie takes place. Yeah. I mean, and so that's why I think a lot of movies are fascinated by this time period. I've mentioned American Graffiti, yeah. I guess, because that's the one I most uh, link to that. The first one to really be nostalgic about that moment before everything changed. And uh, a perfect world does the same thing. It's sort of like this is your last moment of innocence in this nation, so enjoy it while you can.
1: Which also yeah. kind of relates to to baby, mm-hmm. baby's character and, and her, her arc. name, and her arc. You know, <laughs>
2: even her line at the beginning, where in the voiceover where she says, "Everyone called me baby, and I didn't seem, I didn't think to mind. It didn't occur, it didn't, to, occur, to it didn't me occur to me to, me to me mind. Me, yeah, me mind. Yeah, which is a great line." You know, and then she says that I never thought I'd meet anyone as great as my dad. And those are that's kind of where I think the nation was. Were there issues? Of course there were. But they were not in the focus for until really the Kennedy assassination. And so it's just this different era and you know, it's not as even necessarily enjoy it while it lasts. It's just more like there is change coming and ultimately it's going to be good, but it's going to be very hard, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think we experienced that again in 2000. I think we experienced that again in 2001. I mean, coming up to uh, September 11th, that was that big sudden thing that changed everything. And then we experienced it again this last year with, covid and all of a sudden this thing that changed everything it happens it's part of the cycle of history and life and just growing up a little bit more (laughs) you know and it's it's just part of things you know um i do want to talk about the scene though where johnny gets fired and he leaves (sighs) i'm i'm having it mixed up in my head a little bit so you may need to help me out here now
1: yes. Baby
2: realizes that who actually stole the wallets. They blame it on mm-hmm. Johnny, but
1: Or she has a she has an idea. She has
2: an idea. They now they fire him. It was
1: Vivian Pressman. Right,
2: right. And they and they fire him anyway, right? Because yeah.
1: of his relationship with Baby. Yeah.
2: I think the song choice is really interesting there. Uh, cause it's,
1: she's like the uh, cause wind? It's,
2: she's like the wind. Okay, so Patrick Swayze is singing it. Mm-hmm. But the lyrics are really interesting because he says, uh, you know, she's out of my league. Yeah. Where we start mm-hmm. the movie, it's like, it feels like this guy is out of my league. Where he's like, it's the other way around. Yeah. And then the line that really gets to me is, just a fool to believe I have anything mm-hmm. she needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gosh, that hit me so hard this time around. It's like, how many times have I heard that song? You know, and it's a very 80s song uh, again. But just that idea that this person matters so much to me, but it doesn't feel like he's worthy of her. That's a powerful thought. And, you know, certainly one that I've had myself Mm. at various times. And so... I don't. There was something about that whole sequence, him just driving off and her just standing. Even
1: before that, they're they're so so awkward, like saying goodbye to each other. And but it's like, it's not awkward, but it's just it's so they don't want to, obviously, you know. And the guy was telling you, like, I love that moment where she puts her head to his chest because it's just like a. This sucks yeah. <laughs> that we have to say goodbye to each other. And I love the way that they he says, you know, I'll never be sorry. Mm-hmm. That's a good line, too. Like, I don't regret any of this. Yeah. None of this was anybody's fault. It's just this is the world we've, we live in. Yeah.
2: You know, and I know a lot of movies get criticized for you've known this person for how long and they had this effect on your entire life thing but
1: they but have they a different can. connection people
2: do i mean people people's like oh you named your kid uh, ben kenobi after obi-wan even though you only knew him for one day it's like well he had a pretty profound effect on my life <laughs> to bring up you know star wars again but you know that that's the criticism that's i'm, okay. I'm just saying that's yeah. the criticism Because, I mean, they had how much time? Was it a week? Uh, Was it two? I don't know exactly. Three weeks. Three weeks, okay. So three weeks is a profound amount of time for someone to have an inextricable and incredible massive influence on your rest of your life
1: dancing mm-hmm. and the things that they go through with pennies very yep. intimate things to get into right at the beginning of a relationship yeah. and like i said i think their connection is a lot different and a lot deeper than you see in maybe some other movies where it's not just about you know an infatuation with the person's looks or whatever right. it really is about who these people are mm-hmm. and what they admire about them and what. You know, each one of them sees something in the other that they want to be, yeah. and that's the connection that they have. They they see something that they don't have that this person brings to them. So I think that's a lot deeper connection that, that they get to where it. I do believe that they truly are in love.
2: I think so. I yeah. I think there's no doubt about it.
1: And whether or not anything can happen, you know, that's that's the sucky part about movies, isn't like, you, you don't know. They but... they they walk off. <laughs> they they uh, they have their. They're doing those sexy little moves on the dancing. Yeah. You don't really know what's gonna happen afterwards. Probably, maybe nothing. But so, what's
2: wonderful about a movie like this is they can be together forever in your mind.
1: They can, you know,
2: <laughs> you know, you can anything you want can happen to these characters because mm-hmm. the movie doesn't set in stone anything that's going to occur. And I think that is the strength. One of the strengths of this film is that it just ends with the climax it ends with this euphoric moment you know and not a, a lot of movies they just decide to go on after that's over but this truly ends at the point where you know it all comes together and that's just the, where it is And that's where it should be yeah
1: Okay, can we talk about the line?
2: Nobody puts baby in a corner?
1: Yes. Sure. (laughs) And what the line actually means, because I'd actually never really thought about it that hard before because it was always just like the most, famous line mm-hmm. from the movie of course but i kind of love the um the double meaning that it seems to have yeah again what he's learned from her and the kind of person that he sees her as um it's a it's a comment maybe towards her parents like don't hide her yeah she has so much to offer she has so much talent yeah and love and i'm gonna show you right now by going up there and doing this dance with her i love that yeah
2: i think so i think it's also interesting the way swayze N- not the w- necessarily the way he says the line, but the way his face looks, because he's not really looking at Jake to me. He's just kind of he just kind of looks and he just says, nobody puts baby in a corner. I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting thought. It's almost like Patrick Swayze is like, I'm not going to say this the way you want me to say it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a sense of that. And I think it's all the better for it because he's not he's yeah. not being accusatory or hateful, I think to her yeah. parents he's just like I gotta show you what, do she what can baby do. Yeah.
1: yeah I'm gonna do what baby has taught me to do I'm gonna stand up yeah for myself and for another person mm-hmm. in the way that I know how yeah
2: and there's a reason why it's an iconic line because it's just a great yeah. moment and it really is and she's sort of sitting there slumped in her chair you know and she's sort of flanked by her parents yep. and they're still in sort of the silent treatment stage of their relationship um and so and i've had the time of my life i think is a great song we've <laughs> talked about it a little bit already uh, i think obviously what about
1: the song that the the hotel people oh <laughs> i was gonna mention this
2: i am obsessed with that song i used to play that song
1: i love, the, I love lisa's little thing yeah
2: i do too <laughs> I used to play that song on the soundtrack more than any other song really? on the soundtrack.
1: <laughs> the Hands and Hearts and Voices yes. song?
2: <laughs> I don't know why.
1: It's so corny. It's terrible.
2: And it's dorky. <laughs> and I love the way it ends. <laughs> At
1: Keller Benster. That
0: ship's last Well, I mean, well, it the ends the because, because she's walking ends. on stage and Lisa's still, Lisa's still singing. Keller
2: yeah. <laughs> singing. And then that then that's the end of the song. And I, I love how she's kind of a terrible singer. Uh Lisa. <laughs> yeah.
1: Her little uh the that scene <laughs> her uh when she's practicing whatever the, dance she, yeah, she the does that she, we don't actually get to see yeah. she didn't get to <laughs> sing so i funny. feel pretty she's so off key yeah. in that last moment before she oh, does the bow to the floor <laughs> lisa cracks me up yeah i yeah.
2: She's, she's she's got her moments but she's funny. also hilarious
1: yeah. like i was telling i texted you i like how she doesn't seem to know what uh when she goes to see robbie she doesn't seem to understand what the white towel on the doorknob right, means. <laughs> right. And, and the thing is, I never
2: noticed that detail. So
1: <laughs> she's uh, she's got some great moments, she but she also has um, where you can see a little bit of baby in her, too. Like she's got a great little line when um, right before baby is going off. Um, to the to the other hotel to do the performance and uh, I love how they kind of have like the sisterly thing together too where they cover for each other uh-huh. when they want to do when they want to go off with a boy or you know do something that their parents wouldn't approve of and they're like you got to cover for me and I like Lisa's line where because um, Baby says you just got to do something for me and Lisa goes I don't just got to do anything yeah. <laughs> so she's got a little bit of, uh, sort of fire in oh, her yeah. too she's just she's just got to get to um, she's comfortable with herself you know the way that that baby is yeah i mean she's uh she's where she becomes her own person and not just trying to emulate other people or trying to please other people is what her thing is you know with the exception
2: of maybe robbie neil and eh, to some extent vivian none of the characters are cardboard cutouts you know what i mean they're they're Mm. those i mean those three uh, they're pretty one-dimensional I mean, they do one thing, uh, Mm. which is fine. I mean, you need characters like that. That's just the way it works. You you can't, you can't, you can't know everybody in a movie. But like Kellerman, he's got a small part, but he's got nuance to him Hmm. and tito (laughs) and (laughs) other various characters have and lisa certainly and the mom we've even mentioned they all have these sort of levels of nuance to them that billy does too yeah i like billy Billy, a lot
1: i loved billy a lot more this time yeah
2: billy's billy's entertaining and he's funny but he's also kind of a screw up and you know he's he's kind of (laughs) The cause of the major problems of the movie. Um, Oops. Even though he's trying to help.
1: Get a real doctor next yeah, time, Billy.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, it, you know, and then we're the big dance sequence at the end. We've kind of already talked about, too, in a lot of ways. And um,
1: What I kind of want to talk about, though, is the um, the other Dirty Dancers, the background dancers. The background Dirty I Dancers, yeah. I love them. All the different couples. Uh-huh. Nobody has given a name, which sucks because I don't know how to know, have you guys know which ones I'm talking about. But there's like certain little couples that I absolutely love. I think my favorite, um, just because they're the hottest couple, is the one that I I sent you the little clip of. And I put it out on Twitter. That's such a hot, sexy shot of the two of them dancing. But the other ones that I love, like I said, they don't have names. I don't know how to describe them. It's like. uh, Just watch the sequence down
2: in there in the kitchen. Watch the Do You
1: Love Me sequence. She's got really short hair, Mm -hmm. and he has a hat on. They're kind of like. Mm -hmm. They're kind of the funnier couple. I, I love them because they have a there's a shot of um them you're supposed to be watching uh johnny and penny dancing but you can see them come come through in the foreground where she's kind of doing the the swimming thing and he's got a little shark fin right. that he's making re- with his yeah. hand uh-huh. Uh-huh. if you notice that like they're they have so many little moments like that where they are so funny together That's great. yeah and then there's the guy who um who never seems to like take the cigarette out of his mouth uh-huh. like the whole movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're
1: amazing. I love all of the the dancers that they got, I think. At least the main ones were all like real professional dancers mm-hmm. and again it shows like it does. they're they're so good. They have they each they make a little without Really, any lines or any names? They they give them all personalities, whatever their their characters are, and I kind of like that moment, even though it's like the one like kind of unbelievable thing at the end, the last dance scene, where it's kind of the the cameras moving up, and it's it's the end of everything, and the the at least the like five or so couples around them all start doing the same dance right. you know so that's like the one thing that doesn't really work but it just it kind of just shows off uh, how what good dancers they are and again like the 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 personalities that they've created for these people uh-huh. I like that scene too and during the during the dance after Johnny has jumped off the stage which is another great like representation of like the lower class like you know, coming into the, the upper class and like showing them like what a good time they're having when he leads the the dance down yep. down the middle mm-hmm. part uh, i don't know whatever yeah, like the, towards the, the, the stage aisle in the middle yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think that's such a great shot too because they're i don't know just because they're they're showing off the dancing they're having fun they're um they're coming in i don't know how to describe it really but it's just it's a good it's a good metaphor <laughs> shot. it is
2: it is you know and like you said, I mean, it starts out with these sort of disparate classes that are then inter. They're all
1: standing up,
2: intermingled in the back. at the end, and yeah, yeah. you know, they're, it's
1: it's they're watching quietly in the back, but while they're while they're dancing, it's like they're the ones that are hooting and hollering the loudest mm-hmm. for them, like yeah,
2: ah! yeah. And I I like I like you know that they show you know like Kellerman dancing with. <laughs> With yeah. <laughs> with one of the dance people and uh, yeah. I call them the dance or people because that they that's one of the that's the term that they use. They, they're here to entertain yeah. the guests, right? That's yeah. the term that they use. Well, they, they, it's, there's a, okay. There's there's another thing. Okay, they're here to entertain the guests. It's almost like this idea: entertainers as servants. You know, mm-hmm. so there's a um, subtext of filmmakers being lower class and you know not really being art, doing anything that is really matters you know i think that there's that you know people who supply entertainment are servants and nothing more and they don't do anything that really makes a big difference in the world and so we can do whatever there's that there is a sense of that i think in in the movie um and i i i see that even in tito's character and stuff he's sort of treated that way even though he's a friend of kellerman's he's still kind of mm-hmm. seen as oh you're the entertainment
1: or neil's comment at johnny and penny dancing is like they shouldn't be showing off with each other that's not going to sell lessons right like that's all that they're there to do right is to make money which is like you're, you're the rich people that's all you care about too yeah. so what are you <laughs> talking about
2: <laughs> yeah i think that's all there sorry i kind of went off on a total tangent you were about to say something Yeah, no, like that so.
1: Did you have a favorite uh, background people that you? Oh. Were you watching them at all?
2: I don't know. I was just kind of taking it all in. I, I didn't. I, <laughs> background people, I don't know. I really dig the old lady. I think she's hilarious, Mrs. Uh, uh, Schumacher. <laughs> Schumacher. George Burns. I used to take dance <laughs> lessons. George Burns was a teacher. You know, I love her. You know, <laughs> so I, I, I think there's all these like little cute things that happen throughout the movie too. And um, mm-hmm. so I don't know if I necessarily background characters. She's she's a very she's a bit player in the movie, and yeah. her husband's funny too. He d- he doesn't yeah. have any lines. He just kind of all right, come on, <laughs> you know. Um,
1: That's just something I find myself doing when mm -hmm. I've seen a movie 800 times, you know, after a while you start to watch like other people.
2: And I haven't seen this movie as much as you have. So uh, (laughs) but I've seen it quite a bit.
1: Oh, what about um, the scene where um, just another example, too, of the, the classism and but it's also a good kind of. Uh, satisfying moment for the audience is when uh, Johnny and Robbie Oh, the fight. fight.
2: Yeah, that's a great scene. Yeah. I love that scene. You know, Johnny knows is like, hey, you're not worth it. You know, I, mm. I, I could get fired for beating you up, so I'm not gonna.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that scene too. Again, just another thing about their relationship and about Johnny's characters when, um, baby, it's after Johnny gets upset with her because, you know, she's trying to hide their relationship from her father, yeah. which hurts him, you know, rightfully. And so she goes back to see him and, um, he's he's gone to penny you know you, you kind of get the thing that he's gone to penny to like be like she made me mad and upset yeah, me yeah. <laughs> which is cute <laughs> but uh i think he hates robbie obviously for what he's done to penny yeah. um and also just because he's a jerk and he's insulting baby mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah saying Absolutely. that like saying i went slumming too oh <sighs> my god Ugh. these people are such assholes yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awful so yes it's very very satisfying yeah. watching patrick swayze kick his ass and that scene that part where he says you know hit me hit me yeah hit me and then he just knocks the shit out of him it's beautiful
2: oh well, you know i think there's the bad boy thing going on there yeah. that, oh, totally. that uh <laughs> That many women, and I think, kind of, yeah, I find that attractive. I <laughs> so probably not just women, I'm sure. I don't yeah. know. I've never really had that. Okay, when it when I, it's I, I when it's to... a okay a, a a bad boy of quality like johnny castle yes. um it's it's a little bit The heart of gold yeah he is yeah there you go
1: yeah i'm just kind of going off on like random things now i think that's yeah everything about this movie i love dirty dancing <laughs> and i love it more even i love it even more now yeah
2: I like it more than I ever did before, and I thought it was terrific. I had a lot of fun. It's sort of tightly paced. Its Characters are great. It's compelling story, dramatic, romance, all those things. What's not to like, I don't know. But critics hated this movie, and whatever you know whatever <laughs> i think i i think they the missed rest of it. the
1: world sh- showed them because yeah. there was freaking clubs mm-hmm. dirty dancing like fan clubs for people that had seen the movie like over a certain amount of times yeah. like if you had seen Door Dancing like a hundred times or so like there was like Cubs you were part of this movie sure. is huge and influential mm-hmm. yep. still which is why like I was, like I said I was a little hesitant saying that this was my favorite movie but all the stuff that we've talked about today and all the, the feelings that I, I got from it back then and like the different ways that I relate to it now like yes it's even more my favorite movie because I'm, I'm seeing a lot more of it I'm appreciating a lot more of what it's doing and i love it and i'm gonna keep loving it that's good it's my forever favorite
2: excellent so i have a question for you
1: okay what was the
2: <laughs> so the question that i have that now that we have are finished talking about the movie i just gotta ask so have you had the time of your life <laughs>
1: yes i have
2: (laughs) me too and i owe it all to you No. oh Oh, Oh. man i I told you you'd think i'm a dork when i said that no i love it (laughs) (laughs) all right but i actually do seriously though gotta thank you for picking this movie because i probably wouldn't have revisited it if it wasn't for the show because there are just so many movies to see, right? Um, but I was really glad to watch it again. And maybe I'll watch okay. it again with my wife in uh, tomorrow or something. Because that'd be fun. I think she likes this movie, too. She
1: better. She does. Yeah. I think <laughs> she's
2: the one who bought it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have the DVD because of her.
1: Yeah. You know, whenever that question comes up on Twitter of like, what's the movie that you own the most copies of? Uh, for me, it's Dirty Dancing.
2: <laughs> for me, it's probably RoboCop. Though Halloween's way <laughs> really? up there, yeah.
1: With Dirty Dancing, okay, we had the tape mm-hmm. that was taped off of TV uh-huh. and then I actually bought the actual VHS, mm-hmm. then you get the DVD. Yeah. And then you get the Blu-ray, and then you get the 20th anniversary Blu-ray, yeah. and then you get the 30th anniversary Blu-ray, and then you get the exclusive Steelbook from Target, so, <laughs> which I just got not too long ago. So, All right. That's I don't know if I, I still have all of those copies, but it is the movie that I have bought the most times yeah. over the years.
2: Yeah. I think Halloween is probably the one for me uh, that I've bought the most times. I don't have all uh-huh. of those anymore, but a few are close. Ghostbusters is up there. Okay, sure. But RoboCop... I. Every edition of Robocop that comes out when I'm sure when it comes out on four K I'll get that one too. You know, it's just oh, yeah. I every I get it out movie all the time.
1: When are we gonna talk about Robocop, friend?
2: I'm down to talk about Robocop anytime, man. I we love that movie.
1: Find a way to put that in. Yeah.
2: Something about cyborgs or something. I don't know. <laughs> Paul Verhoeven movies. You can pick showgirls and all that. Uh... Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's do showgirls and Robocop. That's a hell of a double feature. That
1: would be awesome. Yeah. Awesome, actually.
2: <laughs> or, or Basic Instinct.
1: So the awkward story of watching that with my family. Oh,
2: I'm intrigued. Okay, but no, for another that show, it was awkward. An...
1: That just that it was awkward watching that with oh, my family. Fair enough.
2: <laughs> I saw Pulp Fiction with my mom. You know,
1: so I get it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for talking about Dirty Dancing with me. I was very excited to do Uh, that. I've never actually written about it or gotten to talk in depth about my feelings about it. So I always love that's why I love this show. Yeah, I always love being able to do that with some of my favorite movies that I've never been able to do before. And just actually helps me appreciate them even more than i already thought you know just being able to voice your your thoughts and your feelings and get it out and be like yeah this is my favorite movie and this is why
2: there we go excellent yeah we have now done all of our forever favorites so the question is now what okay Ah. so
1: now what indeed now
2: what indeed so this is the big announcement uh i guess and we didn't really talk about this before the episode we've talked (laughs) about it in the (laughs) past but um so what we want to do is we would like to have some of our friends come on uh people who are fans of the show etc to come on and tell us your forever favorites talk to us about your forever favorites so we uh, are going to reach out to some folks, and uh, even if it's the same movie we've already talked about at some point, it's probably yeah, totally. okay. Uh, we'd just love to talk with some people about some of their favorite movies.
1: Come on the show, and we'll talk about your forever favorite.
2: Yeah,
1: I think that'll be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, very excited. Got a few people in mind already. Uh, mm-hmm. We just need to ask them. So, if you're wondering, <laughs> if you're wondering, um, have we thought of you? The answer is probably yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we we've talked about a lot of people <laughs> to come on the show
1: but that's not something we're gonna do until next year because right. we've already got uh, the show planned up through the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. that's something we're gonna start up I think we have it planned in January
2: uh yeah I've, I want to say i I believe so yes cool. yep end of January we've got our first slot for that so excited about that
1: so if you're interested be thinking about mm-hmm. if there's a movie that you would want to come on and talk with both of us about. yeah
2: you can hit us up on so that twitter to awesome. do that if you'd yeah. like and yeah we don't have an email address for the show so uh but twitter's yeah <laughs> you can just dm us on twitter and we'd or tag us on twitter and we'd love to yeah. love to talk with you about that okay so recommendation spots any thoughts?
1: Um, I'll just be quick because uh, this isn't like a new thing. By the time this airs, it's kind of the the big thing that everyone's talking about right now. But I just finished up Squid Game, the show on Netflix, and I know you've only seen like the first few minutes of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just telling you, time. I know, I know. It's a it's a lot of stuff to watch. Yeah. I know, but this is definitely something to uh, to put on the radar soon. I thought it was excellent and especially the last few episodes things uh, things kind of changed and Maybe mad, maybe sad, <laughs> right. but it's just, it's a really inventive show. It's, uh, yeah, it's a little bit Hunger Games battle royale okay. thing, but, um, the relationships with the people is really cool. And it's just, uh, the, the production design on the show is just amazing to it watch. It sort of and, an
2: instantly iconic look to it, you know, with the shapes does. and everything. Yeah.
1: It does. Yeah. It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And you really get to know and love the characters and... And, you know, obviously with the um, the nature of what you find out the games, uh, what happens, you okay. know, you know, you're going to lose some people. So you really I really got invested in it and um, I took my time watching it and uh, really loved it. So, yeah, definitely. If you haven't watched it yet, if you're hearing everybody talking about Squid Game, but you haven't gotten into it yourself, do it. It's worth it. It's really good. OK,
2: um, so I we are recording this. And it's still spooky season as we're recording this. So, I um, have been watching mostly horror movies, but I came across one that I've been meaning to see for a while. It's a Japanese ghost story film called uh, Koroniko. If there are any Japanese speakers listening, um, forgive me. But it's. How do you spell that? uh, K U R O N E K O. So, it's directed by Kaneto Shindo. Uh, from 1968. And it is just like, okay. So the setup for this is this woman and her mother in law are just in their home and they are murdered by these soldiers, these samurai um, who have come home. They burn down their home. So that's the setup, okay? And this black cat comes along. And that's what actually the title means the black cat okay. comes along and like licks their wounds and things like that. And the next thing you know, we're at the uh, Rajamon gate, which I thought was interesting.
1: Like Rajamon. Yeah,
2: and these ghostly figures start luring these samurai into their home and killing them.
1: The images from this look so cool. Yeah, it, I'm I'm just looking at the images from the movie on uh ah, that's so cool looking. Yeah, it I want to see this. It
2: is fantastic. It's a I I watched the Criterion it's beautiful. It's ethereal. It's the story is cool. It's is just so good. I was. Uh, it's probably. I, I, it's probably not going to be number one on my discoveries this year, but it's probably actually, the, speaking of the difference between best and favorite, you know, <laughs> I yeah. mean, this is probably the best movie I've watched so far this year for the first time.
1: It's not, I know what your favorite yeah. is. Come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this
2: was, it is just so good. I would highly recommend it. Um, and it has sort of a star-crossed lovers thing relating it to Dirty Dancing a little bit. <laughs> um, and But it's done in such an interesting way. Uh, I I love Japanese films that deal with sort of ancient folklore. Um, So like Kwaidan and Ugetsu and this are just, um, any of those movies are just so good. And I think Japanese film is probably my favorite sort of international cinema. I just really Mm -hmm. latch onto it uh, for whatever reason, just so dynamic and interesting and, different and i and i love that about it so coronico from 1968
1: i definitely want to see that now that looks super cool yeah
2: i heard about it from patrick bromley on one of he programmed it last year i think on the pure cinema uh halloween 24 hour horror a-thon okay so
1: well i definitely trust you and patrick so i will be putting that on my radar as well excellent all right next episode next episode we are going
2: to vanish before your eyes i'm such a dark
1: (laughs) you are such a dark i
2: love you um we're gonna do the first of a new kind of series that we're gonna do from time to time we'll probably still do movies on movies or films on filmmaking from time to time as well. Yeah, I missed that. We need to do We, one do, we need to do another one, but <laughs> this one is something that we thought would be fun to do. We're going to do uh, a remakes episode, so we're going to do an original and a remake. In this case, so I am bringing from 1933... James. Well,
1: we're kind of both bringing. I know we both are. of them. We're both bringing but... both of them,
2: but I guess I'm bringing. I'm the one. I'm bringing. I'm more bringing this one, and you're more bringing the other one. Mm. I don't know. It's hard to say because <laughs> I love them both to it's, death. Because yeah. this
1: one's my favorite Universal monster yeah. movie. Okay, so what talking about 1933,
2: James Wales The Invisible Man, starring Claude Rains yeah. in one of his greatest voice performances but he's also physical in it it's pretty amazing yeah. incredible movie the invisible man
1: and we're doing the recent remake yeah
2: 19 tw- uh, Lee Winnell.
1: 19 19
2: <laughs> <laughs> from 2020
1: Lee Winnell my boy uh doing not re- uh, yes it's a remake in name yeah Yes to uh the invisible man but just taking like the the modern approach to, to the idea and really doing what a remake should do i loved what he did with the invisible yeah. man i cannot wait to talk about that one yeah, I'm... and the and the original because like i said mm-hmm. it's my favorite um universal monster movie um still so impressive to watch that movie yeah. effects wise oh, today yeah, the effects oh my god but i
2: think for me also just the comedy of it i mean it's yeah. really one of the first and
1: the darkness of it yeah
2: it's one of the first true horror comedies I mean it's scary and it's funny in the best ways and James Whale was I think the best of the early masters at that you know uh, without a doubt I mean we've already talked about Bride of Frankenstein you know yeah, which definitely pulls that off and I haven't seen uh the Lee Winnell film since since the theater. So yeah. I'm excited to revisit it. Blew me away that first time mm-hmm. and so I'm and I I think have a feeling I'm just going to like it more this second time, so.
1: Yeah. So very excited to talk about both of those. I'm like excited to get in. I would get into it right now I know, if we could. I know. I already have so many ideas yeah. and things to talk about. Okay. I know you have to watch
2: them again. Next so. Saturday. i have to wait. Next Saturday, I'm actually going to be seeing the 1933 Invisible Man oh, on right. the big screen. Uh, and I'm very excited uh, in a double feature with the Wolf Man, And awesome. so uh, taking my son to see that. So that's going to be exciting. Um Okay.
1: Wrapping up I'm now. I'm wrapping up. Are we done? All right. Where can people find us online, Brian?
2: Well, you can find me at Brian D. Kuiper on Twitter.
1: And I am at Michelle N. Agan. And the show...
2: Is that movie life pod. Like I said, you can tag us there. You can DM us there. Just follow us there. And uh, if we haven't followed you back, yeah. you know, yell at us. Um, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give you a follow back. Okay, so yeah. Sometimes we get a little behind on things. Um, so anyway, <laughs> yeah. So if you are interested in g- being a guest to talk about your forever favorite, you know, you that's where you can find us too. And Absolutely. we have another giveaway coming out soon, I'm sure. So I'm going to keep on at that.
1: Cool. Uh, if you like the show, you like hearing us, give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. We love you. All right. And what are we going to do, Ryan?
2: We're going to see you next time.
1: Yes, we will.
2: Have the time of your life, everybody.
1: Go and have the time. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Did I steal your life? Um, Go off and have the time. Uh, <laughs> <no>. Bye.
0: It's a true And I owe it all to you Cause I have the time of my life And I owe it all to you I've been waiting for so long Now I finally found someone to stand by me Each other's hand, could we, we seem, seem to understand the urgency.